Welcome to Salt and Light with Pastor Rodney Finch. Salt and Light is a radio outreach ministry of Calvary Chapel, Cary. Jesus, speak to me. Open your word and reveal your heart to me. Salt and Light is a series of verse-by-verse studies through the Bible, focusing on its practical application to our everyday lives. Salt and Light is recorded live at Calvary Chapel, Cary, in Apex, North Carolina. Stay tuned. At the end of the program, we will give you information on how to contact us, so be sure to have a pen and paper ready. Today, Pastor Rodney will be teaching a special message, so grab your Bibles and follow along. Now with today's teaching, here's Pastor Rodney. Sometimes God will put you under more pressure to test your trust. Test your trust. Sometimes thing ha- things happen in our lives to test our trust. What do you mean? Genesis 22. Abraham, remember? Sacrifice your only son Isaac. Ask the children of Israel in the wilderness about testing their trust for 40 years. Remember? Ask the man from the land of Uz, Job. Job did all the right stuff. He loved God. He stayed away from evil. God allowed Satan to attack Job, you know the story, but not touch his soul. He lost everything, family, wealth, health, house burned down all in the same day. Job went through so much, but he held on to the word of God. And then in Job, this is great, Job 42.12 tells us the Lord blessed Job and his latter days were better than his beginning. Why? Because God was testing his trust. God restored to Job everything, including seven sons and three daughters. God will test. Please listen. Are y'all listening? This is huge, huge. God will test your trust, but then he will push you past your trust. What you talking about, Willis? God will test your trust and push you past your trust. And if he only tested your trust as far as you already test him, then you could never grow. You could never mature. So he's got to push you past your trust. And here's good news. Here's good news. There will never be a bad thing that you will face that God isn't completely aware of and in complete control of. Somebody once said that every trial and every test is measured by the heart of an infinite and loving God. And the last thing, the pressure doesn't matter. Listen to me close. This is going to encourage you. The pressure doesn't matter. What matters is how you respond to the pressure. Don't focus on the pressure and the trials. Don't focus on the difficulty of the situation. Focus on the one who is able to handle all difficulty. Focus on what God is trying to teach you through the trial. Ask the question, is God trying to push me past my trust in my trial? C.S. Lewis was asked, why do the righteous suffer? And he said, why not? They're the only ones who can take it. Don't you love that? Fireproof your faith. Point number three, saints, you must believe the promise in verses 21 and 22. Please look there. The three Hebrew boys are bound, fully dressed with turbans, 
in the fire. The fire is so hot. When the men open the door, the fire consumed them. Now, let's be clear. Just because we are saved, there is no guarantee that we won't have trouble. Am I right about that? Just because we're saved, it doesn't mean that God is going to spare us from the fire's and the trials of life. And I remember in the church a period of time where everybody was talking about, you know, if you're going through something or, you know, you, you, you have sickness or there's lack um, in your life or you're having trials, that you must be in sin. Because God would never allow his people to go through a trial. That was wrong. It was heresy and it was dangerous. Because then people expect to never go through anything. And then when you start going through stuff, because let me tell you something, life comes at you fast. Huh? So when people go through, they don't know how to go through anything because nobody ever told them that they would go through anything. And then they didn't tell them, well, you're going to go through something. And here's how you go through a trial. There is a way to go through a trial. There is a way to endure suffering. There was a way. And you're going to endure suffering. Jesus said that in John 16, 33. In the world, you will have tribulation. Second Timothy 3, 12. All who live godly shall suffer persecution. You know, we talk about the promises of God, don't we? And we all love the promises of God. We love the good promises. No, we love the good promises. I ain't going to ask you to raise your hand because I don't want you to make you lie in church, okay? We love the good promises. Oh, he'll never leave me or forsake me. Yes, sir. The thing, oh, when he began a good work in me, he's going to complete it until the day. Hallelujah. Oh, we love the good promises, don't we? We love, we are speaking tongues over the good promises, right? Well, how about this one? Yes, all who live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. Well, well, I don't know about that now. Hold on. I ain't trying to suffer no persecution now. I love the Lord. God doesn't promise to spare us from the fire. God promises he'll be with us through the fire. Right? Matthew, write it down. Matthew 28, 20. Teaching them to observe all things that I've commanded you, and lo, I am with you always, even until the end of the age. Psalm 55, verse 22. Cast your burden on the Lord, and he shall sustain you, and he shall never permit the righteous to be moved. And here's one of my favorites. First Corinthians chapter 10, verse 13. No temptation has overtaken you such as common to men, but God is faithful. Say amen. amen. Who will not allow you to be tempted beyond that which you are able, but will with the temptation also make a way to escape that you might bear it. It's in the fire, in the trials, saints, that we prove the reality of our testimony. It's in the fire, in the trials that we prove the reality of our testimony. It is easy to make a vow to God and keep it when things are smooth sailing. But when things get rough, and they will get rough, that's when we need to honor the commitment you made to God. And by the way, he expects you to keep your promises to him as he will keep his promises to you. Persuade it. Pressure. Promise. Fireproofing our faith, number four, you must trust in the protection in verses 24 through 28. Go there. Nebuchadnezzar is thinking that at the, uh, 
end. This is the end of these disrespectful Jews. He walks over to the furnace. He looks in. Must be like a window there or something. I don't know. He sees three men walking around fellowshipping, toasting marshmallows. Verse 25, the king asked, he said, oh, cabinet of government men, didn't we throw three men in the fire? My eyes are deceiving me. And the administration said, oh, yes, we did. And King Nebuchadnezzar said, then why do I see four men walking around and the fourth is like the son of God? You think Nebuchadnezzar was shook when all this started? Now he's really shook. He looks in, he's blown away. First he sees four, not three. Then he sees that they are not bound but loose. They're not lying down, they're walking around. They're not burning up and roasting, they are completely unarmed. They're not running around looking for an exit. They're patiently waiting and enjoying each other's fellowship. And on top of that, there's a fourth guy walking around. And he looks like the son of God. Now listen, when you remain faithful to God, chains are broken and, and, and bindings are burned off. And what the enemy meant for evil, God will use it for good. It won't make you bitter. It will make you better. The enemy thinks your situation is going to kill you. Jesus uses your situation so you can see the greatness and the glory of who he is, that he is with you. Did you get that? The enemy seeks to kill you in your situation. Jesus uses the fire, uses the trial and the, the, the hot place to let you know that he is with you and to let you see him in a different way. Everybody wants to be mature Christians. No one wants to go through anything to become a mature Christian. I don't. Nobody wants to go through anything to be a mature Christian. Listen, if you're going to mature, you're going to have to go through something. All these people walking around, spiritual loving Jesus. They didn't begin, become their spiritual loving Jesus selves by not going through anything. You got to go through something to get to something. Isaiah 43, 2 and 3. Okay, this is a great verse, y'all. Isaiah 43, 2 through 3. When you pass through the waters, I'll be with you. And through the rivers, though they shall not overflow you. And when you walk through the fire, you shall not be burned, nor shall the flame scorch you. For I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. Jesus is with us in the fire for protection, and then notice the fourth man in the fire. In the world of theology, please take your pen. This is what we call a Christophany. A Christophany. A Christophany, C-H-R-I-S-T-O-P-H-A-N-Y, sounds, spells exactly like it sounds, Christophany, is a cameo appearance of Jesus in the Old Testament. Jesus, remember, he appeared as an angel in Genesis chapter 18, talking with Abraham about Sodom. In Genesis chapter 32, don't you remember? Jacob gets into an all-out UFC wrestling match with someone. He lost. Got hip dysplasia. Jacob realized that he was wrestling with God. And then in verse 30 of that same chapter, 32, Jacob said, for I have seen God face to face and live to tell about it. 
This is the same Jesus we're talking about in Christophany who stood with Joshua and walked with Enoch. This is Jesus who is standing with Rack, Shack, and Benny in the fiery furnace. And then look at verse 26. Nebuchadnezzar's probably freaked out. He cautiously walks to the door of the fiery furnace and he says, Hey, hey, Rack, Shack, Benny, y'all good? Hey, servants of the Most High, come out and come here. You know what I would have said? No, you come here. (laughs) That's exactly what I would have said. The boys came out of the fire, and upon further investigation, their hair hadn't been singed, hadn't been burned. Their clothes weren't burned. They didn't even smell like smoke. They came out with no sign that they had been in the fire. And listen, we would have been happy, and it would have been a great story if they would have just came out of the fire. Smelling like smoke, hair burnt, looking like they'd been in a fire. We would have been like, well, look, you lived. Okay, we would have thought that was a miracle, right? Right? But when God, watch it, when God does a miracle and restores, there's no sign of trouble. No sign of injustice. They, watch this, watch this, watch this. They didn't look like what they'd been through. They didn't look like it, did they? When God restores, you're not even going to smell like what you've been through because that's what God does. You ever meet people and they were on drugs all their life and spent time in jail and 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 I know a lady who, who was a prostitute on the street and she gave birth to a baby handcuffed to a prison bed. And if you look at her today, that girl looked good. Because people who love God and people who know God and people who really commit their heart and lives to God and people who do not let the world, no family, no church member, no nobody upset my spirit. Do you know they don't look like what they've been through? Come on, wave at me, wave at me, wave at me. You don't look like what you've been through. And that's a good thing. Grandma Betty looked good. Now, y'all know she look good, don't she? Grandma Betty, not, we, were just talk, Grandma Betty, we were just talking about you this morning. You look pretty. We were just talking about you this morning, and uh, we're saying that uh, 90 years old, like, got around, get around. Is she got, around Israel, 87, she walking faster than me. I'm like, Grandma Betty, slow down. Where's the fire? Slow down. She just, I, I, I even mentioned, I said, I hope I'm as agile and look as good as you when I'm 60. (laughs) Which would be the end of this year. Verse 28, Nebuchadnezzar said, blessed be the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Nebuchadnezzar, watch this, saints, I'm almost done. Nebuchadnezzar didn't all of a sudden become a believer. Listen to me close. He did not all of a sudden become a believer. He's not acknowledging the one true God of all gods. He's simply sticking their God on top of a pile of other gods. That's it. He's saying on top of all the other gods, your God is the supreme God. And that's Exodus 20. You shall have no other gods before me, not even before me and not even in my presence, right? This is what we call polytheism or henotheism. 
H-E-N-O-T-H-E-I-S-M. Hanathism. That's the belief that certain people and nations have their own gods. In verse 28, again, notice, love this. Blessed be the God. Please look at verse 28. You looking at verse 28? Say, I'm looking at it. Blessed be the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who sent his angels and delivered his servants, and they have frustrated the king's word. And I had you on the line, didn't I? Yielded their bodies. Note that. Doesn't that sound like, write it in your margins, Romans 12, 1 and 2. I beseech thee, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you yield your body, present your body, a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. Be not conformed to this world, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Verse 3, that you might prove what is that good and perfect and acceptable will of God. But you got to yield your body. That's exactly what these boys did. And because they yielded their body, Nebuchadnezzar said, blessed be the God of. Now I'm talking to Christians right here. I'm talking to Christians right here. If there is any hope of our country, for our country, if there's any hope of turning this world that has turned from Jesus back to him, it's going to be by living a life that is compromise free. It will only happen if Christians stand for Jesus. I'm trying to encourage you today. This is not the time. This is not the time to shrink back. This is not the time to be silent. Don't you understand that it is the truth that sanitizes? It is the truth that brings life. It is the truth that sets people free. And if we as believers go hide in a corner and hide in our churches and we say, oh, well, you know, we don't want to say anything because we don't want to upset anybody. Listen, you're going to upset them no matter what. I would rather upset you on the terms of the gospel that you might be saved than to say nothing. And the only way that we're going to reach people, we got to stand for Jesus, say amen. And that only happens if Christians stand and speak. Even when the world says, I'm going to set you on fire if you speak. Truth is not hate speech. Truth is not hate speech. And I'll tell you something. And I'll tell you something. If you come to Calvary Chapel, you're going to hear Truth. I'm not concerned. I'll be honest with you. And you know, we, you know, I just feel like we're living in a time where we, our yes has got to be yes and our no has got to be no. This ain't no time for you to be like, well, you know, it's all good. Jesus is all right with me. Jesus is all right. Oh, yeah. There ain't no time for that. Who's on the Lord's side? Who's on the Lord's side? And if you're on the Lord's side, then say so. So when you come to Calvary Chapel, you should expect it. That as God gives me grace and God gives me breath in my body, I will speak the truth. Not my truth. Not my truth. Because I don't have no truth. Okay. I, Rodney, I don't have no truth. And you don't have no truth. Well, this is my truth. I don't know what that means. You speak the truth. Say amen. Nobody has to like the truth. 
the truth. You already know. The truth is the truth. Persuade it. I'm done. Persuade it. Pressure, promise, protection. Finally. Oh, this is a good one. What is it, saints? Promotion. In verse 29 through 30, we just read it. Watch this. As soon as they touched the fire, they were promoted into the heavenlies. As soon as those boys touched the fire, they were promoted in the heavenlies. Nebuchadnezzar saw the goodness and the favor of God on their lives. And then he promoted them in a worldly kingdom. Verse 30. And one of the reasons that God allows test and fire is to purify and promote us. The truth of the matter is you can't be purified and promoted if you're not willing to go through something and endure. Nobody in this room will ever have to face a fiery furnace, but everyone in this room will face a fiery trial. Everyone will be tried in the fire. Jesus was tried in the fire, tested and tempted by Satan. The devil will test and tempt us, seeking to devour us. He wants to tempt us and test us body Christians, brothers, sisters, to be divided. He, he, he wants us to cause the church to hate. Don't y'all see? Don't you see? I don't know why more people aren't like yelling from the, t- the top of it. Don't you see what the enemy is doing to the church? Don't you see what he's doing to the body of Christ? Open your eyes. He's trying to cause us to hate each other. He's trying to cause us to divide from each other and be enraged and bitterness toward each other and guilt each other. Oh, that's the devil, y'all. Jesus said in this world, you'll have tribulation, yes. He said, if the world hates you, you know it hated me before it hated you. Jesus said they hated me, they'll hate you, get used to it. If you're loved, watch, and accepted and received by the world, you should check in. If you get along with the world and they don't know that you're a Christian, you should check in. If you get along with the world, they clearly don't know you're a Christian. If you are one, that's not a judgment, this is a fact. Because if the world knew you were a Christian, if the world knew that you were a Bible-believing, walking-the-word Christian, the world would want nothing to do with you. Because being a Christian crosses the grain of the world and its system. And when you go against the world and its system, you will be met with persecution. The story of Rack, Shack, and Benny teaches us it doesn't matter what you're facing today. God is bigger than all of this. That's what we learn. That's what we learn. Right? Right? You don't look. Don't believe me? Take a cursory trip through the Bible. Ask David about Goliath. Ask Noah about the ark and the flood. Ask Samson about those blinded eyes and the temple filled with Philistines. Ask Moses about those 40 years in the wilderness. Ask Joshua about Cain and ask Abraham about having to offer up his son. Ask Joseph about the pit, the prison, and the palace. 
Ask Elijah about the dead widow's son. Ask Mary about virgins having children. Ask Paul about Pharisees preaching the gospel. Ask a dying thief on the cross about a saving Lord. You get the picture? God is able. Don't give up. The miracle is in the fire. The miracle's in the fire, right? Be, be persuaded and believe the promise. And when the pressure increases, you receive protection and ultimately promotion. Be encouraged. You have been listening to Salt and Light, a radio outreach ministry of Pastor Rodney Finch in Calvary Chapel, Cary, located in Apex, North Carolina. Join Pastor Rodney Monday through Friday at this same time. For information regarding service times, you can contact us at 1-800-293-0923. That's 1-800-293-0923. You may listen to today's broadcast in its entirety by visiting the Media Library on our website at cccarry.org. We would like to thank you for tuning in to Salt and Light and pray that you have been blessed. Until next time, may you be salt and light.